Hello there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and trials that life likes to throw at us. I'm Beth and Vincent and I'm going to be your host for this series. In each episode I interview someone new about their experiences with resilience, how they've overcome tough situations, how they've dealt with challenge. And what I hope you'll get from listening to these episodes as we go on is a bit of an insight into different people's experience of toughness and risk and challenge and all of that. And alongside that insight and hopefully a bit of kind of empathy for them, you'll also get a little bit of a view into the tools and techniques that they've used to overcome those situations as well so hopefully through that you can bring some of those tools and techniques into your own life to help you overcome challenge this week i've got someone really really special on the show laura is a fellow yorkie and also we're of similar ages as well and this is important because when laura was 25 she was actually diagnosed with cancer which obviously comes at a, it's shocking at any age, but I think kind of the younger you are, the more shocking it is. And this podcast episode is all about Laura's kind of journey with that. And it's fascinating and actually quite positive because Laura has this really great attitude towards kind of what she wants out of life and how she's overcome cancer essentially and the treatment that kind of follows and as she mentions it's the treatment that's harder than actually cancer itself because you know you live with cancer for a while and you you generally don't have symptoms aren't comparable to those you might get undergoing treatment so yeah I really hope you enjoy it I'm gonna kind of hand over to the interview now and we'll crack on I'm Laura Sanderson. I'm a graphic designer in York. I am 27. Yeah, I'm 27. I'm pretty sure I'm 27. I've been a graphic designer for the last five years. Lived in York for nine years in total. Finished my degree and then sort of been in a few different agencies, getting to know as many people in the creative field as possible. Um, yeah. Awesome. And you have a love for print, don't you? Yes, I prefer print sort of design rather than digital design I'm not I'm not against digital design but there's I've got this love for paper and sort of I'm one of those weird people who picks up a magazine or a booklet and smells it so if you see me on a train I'm not weird I just love paper and <laughs> amazing I think we all secretly do it though even if uh, we don't admit to it I've seen lots of people in bookshops especially having a little <laughs> sniff here and there so Laura this is a question I ask everyone who comes on the show and it's really where we kind of like dive off into the concept and the topic of resilience. So I'd just like to ask what your biggest challenge you've had so far is. Yeah, so my biggest challenge definitely for me was being diagnosed with cancer at 25. Sort of changed everything. And I can imagine it's kind of a big shock at that age to have that kind of news and have that impact on your life. It's definitely something I sort of dealt with afterwards. I was in treatment for about six months and so during the time you're more focused on getting through it and sort of reading what your body needs in order to generally just wake up and function during the day. 
I think the hardest thing isn't actually the cancer diagnosis at the beginning during the time. It's how you're going to deal with treatment. Because effectively, I was living with cancer before I even knew for at least a year. And I was, you know, I was running 5K four times a week. I was healthy. I was going on flying off holiday. I think it's the treatment that batters me down rather than the cancer itself. Yeah, because the treatment can be um, quite gruelling. And if you don't mind me asking, what type of treatment did you have? So I originally, they we struggled to find out my diagnosis sort of over about a year period of different tests. So I originally had um, a major surgery first off on my chest. So they broke my sternum, took out a big tumour and sort of sent off to be tested. So that was sort of my first real bit of treatment. Imagine kind of not being able to move your middle section of your body. I couldn't physically sort of get myself out of bed, let alone exercise, let alone work. And then my tumour was tested and found out I had stage 2B Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then literally within two weeks, I started um, ABVD chemotherapy. So every chemotherapy is different, which I think is a myth that sort of chemotherapy is the drug, which isn't. Everybody's cancer, you know, you could have somebody with the same stage cancer, the same type of cancer, having a different drug to you. So mine was ABVD every two weeks um, over a course of six months. Yeah, I can imagine that is a very gruelling process to have been through. And while you were kind of undergoing treatment, did you have any kind of strategies that you used to kind of keep yourself going, keep in, and I can imagine it was difficult to be in a positive mindset, but kind of, yeah, keep yourself going, really? I was really lucky to have a really understanding company who I worked for all the time. So I was really lucky as well that I could work from home. So that made it a lot easier. And I was so worried that cancer was going to take over every inch of my life. I knew I was going to go on steroids, which makes you blow up like a balloon. You know, everything was going to change. And work was the one thing that I tried to keep the same and as normal as possible. And I was really lucky in my work. So I've understood that, allowed me to work from home, not working the conventional nine till five. You know, if I needed a nap during the day, I had a nap and I did the work when I could do the work. Having to focus on one thing really got me through that. And for me, that was work. And that's awesome that your employer was so kind of understanding. And and do you think that's something like all employers could kind of look to adopt when they have employees undergoing, you know, similar kind of treatments or similar periods of illness? Yeah, definitely. I think if I had been working, having to travel to an office every day, I would have most definitely had to quit my job. And I'm very career driven. I know where I want to be. That's sort of my focus at the moment. And being so fresh in the industry, you know, your first sort of two to five years as a creative are so important. You know, you're making your name for yourself. You're having a stamp on the industry you're in and the company you're working for. I think having to quit that would have been more detrimental to my treatment, I think, because of how it would have affected me mentally. I think that the thing is to sit down with the person and see how they can help. I mean, being able to work from home is a massive thing. Unless you want to build a bed in your office and nap during the day, working from home is the is the best thing for treatment. I think there's this taboo, especially with cancer, but with a lot of, especially mental health ones as well, there's this taboo that people just don't talk. We don't, we don't talk to each other. We sort of keep it until we get home and we just tell our partners, whereas... I think I didn't realise until I was with the company I was was with when I was diagnosed, how open they were with me. It sort of shook me a little bit at first, having not having to be open, that open, but having the ability to be that open and turn around and say, look, I'm sorry, it's half past one and I need to go and sleep. 
And people don't talk about these things. I know cancer is one of the subjects that where if you have a friend or a family member undergoing it, it's sometimes quite hard to know what to say. And do you have any advice for people, you know, with friends or family members with cancer on just kind of speaking to them in a really kind of human and supportive manner? The key thing is to ask questions. If you've got a question in mind, just ask it. Because, like, I know people who, when I was wearing wigs, you could see people looking. And I remember being in the pub one day and I just saw this girl looking and I just turned around and was like, oh, it's not real. You know, it's a wig. And then we got chatting. You know, she asked lots of questions like, how do you put it on? And I remember being inside the pub, and I mean, I'd had a few, but I just, like, slipped my wig off a little bit. And she just seemed so happy to sit and talk about it and seemed really informed. And just that thing of don't sit and stare at somebody thinking of your question, just ask that question. And if somebody doesn't want to answer it, they'll just turn around and say, look, I'm really sorry, I don't want to talk about it. A lot of people just want to educate people as much as we can, especially with sort of chemotherapy, there's this stigma that when you're on chemotherapy, you're going to be sat around being sick, you know, every day, you can't function. I see a lot of people who probably walk past me in the street had no idea that I had cancer. Yeah, and I actually do have a question, and uh, totally tell me if it's uh, not one you want to answer, but did you find having cancer stressful, or was it just more... What I mean by that, was it kind of like a very acute stress, or was it just more like a long-term kind of thing you had to deal with? I didn't find it, I found finishing treatment more stressful than actually treat, actual treatment. I think I'm the type of person who likes a routine. So I actually worked better knowing, right, I'm at hospital this day and I've got chemotherapy this time. You know, having that all that structure in place actually for me worked really well. I think the only thing that was stressful for me was the fight with my body versus my mental health. I definitely, in the beginning, didn't rest as much as I needed to. I sort of fought the symptoms and fought the side effects and sort of rested when I needed to. So I think I stressed myself out by not listening to my body. But cancer in general, I didn't find stressful. I thrived off it a little bit, which just a lot of people do do, but it was a bit weird. But Is that because it was a challenge almost to overcome? I think I was so determined, especially career. I mean... It was my first thing I said when I was diagnosed, like, this isn't going to affect my career. I was so determined that I wasn't going to have, you know, a big chunk of time off. I wasn't going to get behind on work. I wasn't going to miss these amazing clients we were working for. And I was so determined on that. I think that was my focus and there was no way I was giving in. Have you always been quite a determined person then? I think so. I think probably a couple of years ago, if I'd had the chance to have six months off work, playing on the sofa, watching Netflix and eating donuts, I'd have done it. But I think there's a difference between having the option and being told. I mean, I did. I did use cancer as an excuse many times when I wanted certain foods or I wanted to watch something in particular on the telly. I mean, me and my husband would always joke about it and I'd use, use it to my ability as much as I could in a nice way, not in a nasty way. Oh, that's completely fair enough, though. So if you had kind of one piece of advice for someone in your situation, what what advice would you give them? Uh, It was a piece of advice that was given to me from somebody else who had been through chemotherapy, radiotherapy and a cancer diagnosis. And they told me to write every single thing down. And I hadn't thought of doing that before, but I did. I got this little notebook and every time I had a hospital appointment, I wrote down everything they say because a cancer diagnosis is an entire blur. And you get given so much information. I mean, 
and came home with a tote bag full of medication, the things to take certain times, certain days, what side effects were going to be, you know, when to ring the nurse when you've got a certain side effect. Just get a notebook, a really nice one. I mean, go to paper chase and treat yourself. It's actually quite nice to go back through and read it all, but it's amazing how quickly you forget something. And somebody will ask me a question about, for example, when's your next treatment, and it would have gone out of my mind. And when you're on chemotherapy, you can get something called chemo brain or chemo fog, some people call it. And I've never been so forgetful in my entire life. I mean, you could hand me, I don't know, an apple, and I would not be able to tell you what you just put in my hand. Like, this chemo brain is the strongest thing I've ever felt ever. So forgetfulness. So write, get a pen and paper and just write anything down you can. Like one piece of advice. That's great advice. I think that's great advice in general, really. I think I've definitely carried on with it. So writing down as much as I can. I think it's quite therapeutic in a way as well. Definitely. And it gives you kind of time to reflect as well. And we often don't have that because life is so quick. And so you presumably have been cancer-free for a while now. Yes, so I celebrated my one year in remission on the twenty, no, the 15th of February this year. So one year, it's been and gone. And how does it feel to be out the other side? It's a bit strange, really. I think life after cancer is actually really difficult. There's certain things, for example, when I had my tumour removed, I they had to take out the nerve that connected that controlled my left hand diaphragm so my left lung doesn't inflate so and I sort of went from that surgery straight into chemotherapy and then I came out of chemotherapy and I hadn't seen a doctor about how this was going to affect my life long term whether I was going to need an inhaler how on earth was I going to be able to exercise again having only one lung that functions properly so I think life after cancer actually then brought its own new set of challenges I think getting to a year, a year was a massive milestone. I took a day off, I baked a cake, it was a huge celebration. And I took time to sit back and go through my little booklet and reflect on everything. And sort of see actually how far I've come, which I think is really important, especially when chemotherapy and treatments finish as a whole, you forget what you've been through. And what's next for you then? It sounds like you're ready to take on the world now. So I'm working with a charity called Trekstock at the moment, a charity who help people in the 20s to 30s who have been diagnosed with cancer or living with cancer, just to sort of help people get active, to meet meet new people. I've seen loads of their um, activities and workshops going on more down south than anything, and I think I'd like to see some more of their events, more Yorkshire-based, more me getting involved with the people who I've met in the chemotherapy wards. Um, so I'm hoping to become a Trek Stock Champion Charity Ambassador and sort of do some stuff with them. I had a bit of a whirlwind of a year last year when I finished treatment. So I finished treatment, got married a few months afterwards. Um, really big celebration, it was lovely. And then I got back from honeymoon and got made redundant. Um, just a situation that had to happen, nobody's fault. But that happened in November and then I decided I was going to take sort of November and December off, figure out where I was going from there. This year, my mission is to find a new agency to be in, find a full-time home again. I'm currently freelancing at the moment for Lizmy Brown in York, who are amazing. But my long-term goal at the moment is find a new agency, find a new little family and make my mark somewhere. 
brilliant and I follow you on Instagram so I also know you do a range of kind of pin badges and cards as well that you use to kind of um, celebrate people's milestones with cancer could you talk a little bit about that? I've set up a little business since having cancer I noticed that when I finished cancer there was to get a medal I really wanted a medal I wanted some sort of award that I could keep so I did a Kickstarter campaign and made this little badge um, and sort of sent all the other ones off to the York Cancer Care Centre and they were given out to people when they finished cancer treatment. You walk into a shop and what card do you get for someone who's just been diagnosed with cancer? A good luck card? I mean, it just doesn't sort of, sort of seem to fit. And I mean, when I got diagnosed, somebody sent me a with sympathy card and I was mortified. Like, I wasn't dying. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a diagnosis of death. So I decided to start creating a small range of things to celebrate last chemotherapy, last radiotherapy, when you've got good scan results, even just little messages to send to people, sort of you're thriving on life despite living with cancer. They are available in Walter and Melbourne Abroad. I'd love to be in some more bricks and mortar stores somewhere in York, people where people can see. So I'd love to keep that going. Thanks so much to Laura for coming on the show and sharing what is an extremely personal and also inspiring story. As Laura mentions, you can follow her across all kinds of platforms and I'm really excited to kind of see where her projects go next. For me, the main takeaways from that were to make a commitment to yourself and the things you want from life. And I think that's a good thing to do in general, but especially when you're facing tough situations, to think to yourself, what is really important to me here? And for Laura, it was continuing her career. So that gives you almost kind of the drive and the thing to aim for whilst you're undergoing a a difficult experience. Anyway, so that's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to The Brave, if you wish, on Apple Podcasts. I'm also hoping to get set up on Google Podcasts as well, um, because I didn't realise that was a thing until I listened to a podcast about Google Podcasts. It's a whole world of podcasts going on here. But you can also get it if you're not on iOS. You can um, get the episodes on Spotify as well in your web browser. So there's a variety of listening methods and I would also be really grateful if you enjoyed this episode, if you could leave a review and a star rating. That just lets me know that you're enjoying the content I'm putting out there and actually also due to various algorithmic things, it helps other people discover the podcast as well, which would be amazing. And finally, if you have a really inspiring story and it doesn't have to be massive, It doesn't have to be grand. It can just be about day-to-day things you've overcome. But if you fancy coming on the show, I'd love to hear from you. So you can hit me up at The Brave Listen on Twitter or at Beth and Vincent. Either or is fine. Either or, that's not... Anyway, we'll move past that. Or you can uh, email me on thebrave at bethandvincent.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you know someone who's super inspiring as well, that would be great. Anyway, that's it for now. Thank you so much.